Oh, gentlemen. Yeah. I just said hello, gentlemen. How you doing? Oh. Nice speaking, folks. Thank you very much.
Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Hallelujah. Let us come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Is there anyone else that's just glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? I don't know about you, but don't you need some reviving? Have you been going through some things and you just say, Lord, I need you. And we are going to worship the Lord in fullness and in truth tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, can I have some hand claps and waves? Let me see your energy tonight. Are you glad that we know a Lord that is able? Are you glad that we can breathe the life tonight that God has given us? Are you just glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we're calling on our uh, deacons who are going to start us out with a formal devotion. And we are now officially called to order for revival. Amen. Well, I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. Here we go. All right. I'll be reading from Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God's words for God's people. Amen. 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 We're going to do an old hymn of the church. I know everybody's familiar with it. Amazing Grace. Come on, lift your voice tonight. Amazing Grace.
continue standing for a word of prayer. Dear Father, what a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. For your house is anywhere two or more who believe in thee have gathered. And on this day, this very second, this very moment, your spirit can touch us, can convict us, can change us. You have the ability to make us new. If we only just ask and believe, you have the ability to change what is to what can be. That even when times are hard, there's a brighter day ahead. That even when we have sorrow, your internal grace will grant us peace. So, Lord, I come to you this evening asking for that eternal peace. Lord, I come to you this evening putting that faith on the line. In this sacred building today, we depict the strength of a people, the endurance of a people, and the faith of a people to overcome. So today, there are many that need a helping hand. And if God's people won't lend a hand, who will? This prayer is for the strength to do God's will. Once the praying is over, once the singing is over, once the preaching is over, Let's do God's will. Let his love be seen through what we do and how we treat your people. For thy love is great, and thy mercy endureth forever. Amen. Oh, 
Go back to the top. You all give thanks. the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, and forget not his benefits. Does anybody know the Lord has been good to you? Does anybody know God is good and God is great and greatly to be praised? Somebody ought to witness this morning, tonight. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Why? For God is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. We're in the midst of a great time tonight. Thank God for this first night of this awesome August revival. Amen. Good to see each of you on tonight. God is a mighty good God. Listen, the Lord let it get, get down just a few degrees today. <laughs> Look, y'all know when to shout, clearly. Y'all know when to shout, amen. <laughs> feels a little bit better outside, amen. It feels a little bit better inside, amen. It feels so good, look like y'all want to give. I mean, I, 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 it just look like y'all want to give right now. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Look like the ushers want to receive too, Amen. Ushers are in place, and we're going to get ready to receive our offering on tonight. We want you to give as God has so blessed you to be able to give. 
Give liberally, for the Lord indeed loves a cheerful giver. We're going to do, do old-time giving today. We're going to do it the old-time way. We ain't done this in a long time at K Chapel. Amen. We're going to stand up and walk around. Somebody say amen. <laughs> We're going to stand up. I know, I know we ain't done it in a long time. We're going to stand up and walk around and place our offering in the baskets. Amen. Amen. The ushers are in place, and they gave me instruction. Reverend Brother Gaines gave me instruction. I don't believe I'm going to mess it up, but just in case I do, they are in place to make sure we get it right. Amen. The two aisles on the, on the, uh, next to the wall, we want you to stand, and we're going to go from the rear to the front, from the rear to the front. If you will proceed down the wall and then go up the aisle, the two, the two far, far, furthest aisles next to the wall, if you will stand now, we're going to proceed from the rear coming alongside the wall and then up this aisle. Once they finish, the two inner aisles will stand and you will proceed from the rear and come up the center aisle. Amen? Did I get it right, Brother Gang? Is that right? All right. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, y'all. Yeah, y'all do it again for us. Bless his name. <laughs> come on, let's give in this offering. Let's give in this offering. Two outer aisles. Won't you stand now? Won't you stand? Prepare your gifts. Prepare your offerings. If you're giving online, you already know what to do. You already know how to do it. Giving online.
thank you, Lord. For every good and perfect gift, we thank you, Lord. For this offering that has been given and received, we thank you, Lord. Now, O oh God, we pray that you do that which you always do, multiply it. Let it be used for the upbuilding of your kingdom. We bless you, Lord. We thank you now for all that you do and all that you will do. And we count it by faith to be done according to Jesus' name. And for his sake we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. just about preaching time. Amen. It's just about preaching time. Y'all ready for some word? Hallelujah. 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 We're thankful for this man of God who has come tonight. Some of you don't know him. Some of you do. Those of you do, who don't know him, why don't we get a chance to meet him now? A native of Proctor, Arkansas, Dr. Christopher Davis was called to preach God's word. At the age of 21, licensed in 1994 and ordained in 96, he earned a Master's of Arts in Religion degree from Memphis Theological Seminary in Memphis, Tennessee, and received his Doctorate of Ministry degree with special emphasis on preaching and leadership from the United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. He is presently pursuing a Doctor of Philosophy degree in leadership with a concentration in higher education leadership from Anderson University in South Carolina. As the senior pastor of St. Paul Baptist Church since 2000, Dr. Davis leads one of the most vibrant churches in Memphis. In the last 20 years, this 145-year-old church has grown from approximately 200 members to over 1,800 members. Dr. Davis has served as president of the Tennessee Baptist Missionary and Education Convention, Incorporated, a member of the board of directors for the Rice Foundation, Sisters Network Incorporated, and the Baptist Health Science University, as well as the West Africa Theological Seminary in Lagos, Nigeria, where he also serves as an adjunct teaching professor. In 2007, he joined the faculty of the Memphis Theological Seminary. With research interests in preaching and pastoral ministry, he also served there as the associate dean of the seminary. And in July of 2023, he was appointed as the interim president of Lemoyne Owens College in Memphis, Tennessee. Dr. Davis is an avid golfer, a spades player, <laughs> watch out now, aspiring chef, and a life member of KSI Fraternity Incorporated. He is married to the lovely Rhonda Richardson Davis, and together they share five amazing children, Christopher II, Jaden, Allie, Jenna, and Savannah. Hey, Chapel, help me welcome Dr. Christopher Davis. Come on, y'all, give him a great big Mississippi K Chapel welcome. Reverend Christopher Davis, welcome to K Chapel. Welcome to Jackson, Mississippi. Amen. 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 We're in for a good time. Praise team is coming now. Listen, I want to I want to go ahead and go on record. I want to thank those of you who are working on sound right now. This is not our normal team. Amen. So I know y'all doing the best you can, and we thank you. Amen. Amen. We're encouraging them and supporting them. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for your service.
Why don't you put those hands together and give God a great hand clap of praise on tonight? Oh, come on. If you were clapping for Chris Davis, that would be sufficient. Come on, clap those hands and bless the name of our God. Come on, come on. Tuesday night is a good night to bless the name of our God. Can we magnify his name one more time? Come on, come on, come on, come on.
God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that's what you'll reap. So they can be stingy with their amens if they want to. But their Tuesday night will come. Amen. Their Tuesday night will come. So thank God for the preacher. Certainly to the officers and the members of the K Chapel Church, we certainly thank God for each of you. Certainly want to acknowledge, amen, the individuals who were gracious enough, amen, to drive me down. Amen. Your pastor offered, amen, to host me. But I've got to, I had to make a turnaround tonight. I've got to be in Georgia tomorrow. So I've got to fly out of Memphis tomorrow, first thing in the morning. So... Brother Long, where is Robert? Brother Long, amen. He offered to bring me down, and then Brother Henderson said he would come with him. I was all excited. I said, listen, I always wanted to be one of those preachers whose musician travel with him. So I said, shoes, I'm going to Jackson like a big-time preacher. My musician going with me, and I was convinced of that until we pulled up on the parking lot. He says, huh, they're my aunt. I said, yo, who? He said, yeah, Pastor, my grandmama member of this church, my aunt. I said, well, you didn't come with me. You came to see your folks. <laughs> you came to see his folks. You came to see his folks. But listen, but, but nonetheless, nonetheless, we are glad that he is here. Glad that he is with us. Amen. Listen, your pastor shared with you, of course, this is my first time at the Cade Chapel Church. But thank God for the late James and Ellie Chambers. Those were my maternal grandparents who raised me. When I got to be 16 years of age, got my little driver's license, all that kind of good stuff, my granddaddy called me out on the front porch. He said, boy, I said, yes, sir. He said, you ain't got old enough to coke now. He said, there's some rules involved with coking. I said, yes, sir. He said, because now what you're not going to do, he said, me and your grandmama been in this community for 70 years, and you're not going out there in 70 minutes and mess up our good name. I said, yes, sir. He said, when a man is kind enough to let you come see his daughter, granddaughter, sister, niece, whatever the case may be, he said, as soon as you get there, you look him in the face and let him know what your intentions are so that there'll be no confusion. I said, yes, sir. Since Pastor Buckley has been kind enough to let me pay a visit to this girl that he calls Kay Chapel, let me publicly declare what my intentions are. I intend to take approximately 23 and one half minutes. I want to go to an old well with a new dipper and seeking out draw fresh water. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. So if you brought your Bibles, if you brought your Bibles, I want to invite you to go with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 12, and we want to lift up the first eight verses. I'll be reading tonight from the New International Version, but regardless of what translation you have, it should read so differently that you'll be unable to follow. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. When you have it, say, I'm there. If you see a turning, say, wait for me. I told y'all I got to go back to Memphis tonight. You going across town. I'm going across the state line. Amen. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. And here what the text says. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. 
The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said unto him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Text says, Herod arrested some who had belonged to the church, persecuted some of them, and had Peter arrested as well. Decided he would wait until after the festival of unleavened bread to bring him out for public trial and subsequent execution. While he was in prison, fell asleep. The Bible said that an angel came into the jail, touched him. They wake up, get up quickly. They stood up, chains fell off his wrists. And then he told them, put your clothes on. The Bible says that's what he did. For just a few minutes, I want to preach with this thought in our hearts and minds. Put your clothes back on. Tell somebody close to you, say, neighbor, put your clothes back on. Saints of God, there is, there is so much to take away from this particular text that I don't want to waste any of my time introducing it. I just want to get right into it. Is that all right? The text says that Peter has been arrested by Herod. You will remember that Peter had been the main spokesperson, the main mouthpiece of what was called the way. There had been no formal adoption of the title Christianity. Those who followed Christ were simply known as people of the way. Again, Peter was the main agent, the main advocate of the way, and the Bible would have us to know that Rome has grown sick of him. He was causing disturbances with the government, and these upstarts were starting upheaval in the Holy Roman Empire, and so Herod arrests him. And concerning his arrest, the Bible says some very interesting things. It said that Herod arrested him, intending to bring him out after the feast of the Passover. Don't miss where this text is trying to take us. Herod arrested Peter, intending to bring him out after the feast. He arrested him, intending to bring him out after the feast. There was nothing on the books about a speedy trial. Nothing on the books about due process. The Bible says he was going to wait until after the feast to bring him out for public trial. Now, you already know that in the Bible, there is never a waste for words. I mean, in a mere 66 books, 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses, God provides insight about living, learning, and loving for all of creation and for all of eternity. Are y'all praying with me? Again, the Bible does not miss words. The Bible does not waste words. The Bible has a whole lot to say and not a whole lot of time to say it in. Therefore, whenever you see it, even if it seems insignificant to you, I want to suggest to you that it's significant to the story. Are y'all praying with me? And and given this reality of how much there is to say with so few words, I'm trying to figure out what was the necessity of parenthetically letting us know that Herod was not, would not, and could not bring Peter out to execute him until the worship feast of the Passover was over. Well, I had to do a little study, and here is what I discovered. There was a law that was put in place in Judaism that said you could not execute anybody as long as worship feasts were going on. 
Somebody missed that. As long as they were in the worship feast, you could not kill them. As long as they were in the worship feast, you could not harm them. As long as they were in the worship feast, you could not plot against them. As long as they were in the worship feast, you could not take them out. As long as they were in the worship feast, you could do them no bodily harm. I'm waiting on six more people to get it. As long as you were in the worship feast, they could not bother you. Might I suggest to you people of God that one of the greatest benefits of worship is the protection it provides. I wish I had some help in here. Watch this. You see, when you become an authentic worshiper, I didn't just say a praiser. I didn't say a church member. I said when you become an authentic worshiper, no matter what the enemy wants to do to you, he's got to take his hands off of you. Church folk don't know when to shout. Here is what I discovered. Here's what I've discovered. I discovered this in Arkansas, Tennessee, and now in Mississippi. In most of our churches, it makes no difference what the denomination is. It makes no difference if you're Baptist, Kojic, Pentecostal, Lutheran, Episcopalian, or Presbyterian. Black folk come to church to shout. Well, then the question becomes, why don't we shout? Well, the reason we don't shout is not because we don't want to shout. We don't know it's time to shout. Then when we realize it's time to shout, we've missed the shout. Then you're too embarrassed to shout, and you go home, and you never get to shout. I've come too far for you not to shout. Let me try it one more time. I said, when you become an authentic worshiper, it does not matter what the enemy tries to do to you. He has no other choice but to take his hands off of you. You see, you do recognize that worship is not what we do, you all, with an order of worship and an organ. See, worship is what you do when you're all alone, by yourself. Nobody's looking. Nobody's raising questions. Nobody's trying to figure out what you're shouting about. That's when you open up your mouth and give glory to God. That's when you're in your kitchen and nobody's around. And you begin to think of the goodness of the Lord and all that he has done. You might be outside just mowing your grass. And you begin to think about the doors he's opened and the ways. He, is there anybody that's ever just worshiped God by yourself? And, see, and watch this now. Watch this. See, let me tell you something about worship. Not only will worship cause your pew partner to look at you, it will cause your enemy to back up off of you. I wish I had some help in here. As a matter of fact, I'm looking for some worshipers in the building. Is there anybody that knows worship is a weapon of warfare? I said, is there anybody that knows that worship is a weapon of warfare? It will get your enemies and your frenemies, your haters and your instigators. It will get them back up off your back. It'll get them off your family. It'll get them off your finances. It'll get them off your faith. You ain't got to cuss nobody. You ain't got to roll your eyes. You ain't got to get nobody told. Just lift your hands and worship. Did you hear what I said? Listen, you've got at least three cousins that should have come to church tonight, but they didn't. And they waiting on you to get back home so they can cut the food with you. Listen, don't you roll your eyes? Don't you lay down your religion? Don't you cuss nobody? I dare you just look at them and say, glory. I wish I had somebody. If you will begin to worship, it'll deal with your enemies. Don't take my word for it. Go to work tomorrow. Walk past that co-worker you know don't like you. No, don't mean you no good. And when they look at you funny, don't say nothing. Just look at them and say, I wish I had somebody. That'll get your enemies up off of you. The text says that Peter was in prison. And the church was praying. While Peter was in prison, the church 
was praying. While Peter was in prison, the church was praying. Watch this, Kate. It's impossible to be an authentic church and not be a praying church. I wish I had somebody. You cannot be an authentic church and not be a praying church. If you want to see power in your church, it will not be because you're a shouting church. Listen, if you want to see power in your church, it will not be because you're a prosperity-driven church. If you want to see be a power in a church, it will not be because you are a heavily marketed church. It will not be because you become primarily a politically active church. What makes a church a powerful church is when a church is a praying church. I wish I had somebody in here. Listen, if we're going to heal hearts, heal our homes, heal our kids, heal our community, we got to pray. Did you hear what I said? If we're going to heal our hearts, heal our homes, heal our kids, in our community, we got to pray because the Bible says if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, pray, there's power in prayer. Listen, isn't it interesting, Dr. Rhodes? Isn't it interesting that the first request that the disciples made of Jesus was not master? Teach us how to preach. No. Master, teach us how to have good church. No. Master, teach us how to market the ministry. No. The request was, Master, teach us how to pray. I wish I had somebody. And watch this. And watch this. Let me tell you something. Don't look around. Look at me. Because folks think I'm talking about you. Watch this. People who can't find time to pray will always find time to worry. I wish I had somebody. People who can't find time to pray will always find time to worry. Why you worry so much? Because you don't pray. People that pray don't worry. Preach Christopher Davis. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. We get offended over unanswered prayers. God gets offended over unoffered prayers. I wish I had somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to pray. 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 Watch this. Tell you something about prayer. And I ain't talking about that now and lay me down to sleep stuff either. I ain't talking about that God is great, God is good. No, 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 no. I'm talking about what the old nigga used to pray, you know, knee bent and body bowed. I wish I had something. You got to pray. Watch this. Prayer will get us in. Prayer will get us through. And prayer will get us out. Let me say it again. Prayer can get you in. Prayer can get you through. Prayer can get you out. Let me try it again. Prayer can get you in. Prayer can get you through. Prayer can get you out. I'm waiting on somebody to believe it. Prayer can get you in. Prayer can get you through. And prayer can get you out. One more time. Prayer can get you in. Prayer can get you through. And prayer can get you. Who am I preaching to? Prayer can get you in. Prayer can get you through. And prayer can get you out. If you're out of a job, prayer can get you in. If you feel like you're sinking, prayer can get you through. If you're in a bad situation, prayer can get you out. I wish I had somebody. Why? Because prayer can get you in. Prayer can get you through. And prayer can get you out. That's how some of us got in. That's how some of us got through. That's how a whole lot of us got out. I wish I had somebody. Prayer. That's how some of us got in school. 
That's how some of us got through the door. That's how some of us got in the job. That's how some of us got through the problem. That's how some of us got through the pressure. That's how some of us got through the pain. That's how some of us got out the mess. That's how some of us got out the misery. That's how some of us got out the mayhem. Because prayer will get you in. Prayer will get you through. And prayer will get you out. Let me see I see three witnesses in the back. Let me, let me preach to the folk in the back. If there anybody that remember the old school church, somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time and prayed for me. I'm so glad they prayed. Anybody glad they prayed? I'm so glad they prayed. Somebody shout prayer. There are seven folk ain't happy, but I know why. Because you don't know what prayer is. Let me tell you. Prayer is an invitation for a divine visitation. Ah, okay, try this one. Prayer is the voice of faith and the sound of expectation. Okay? Prayer is new ammunition for an old enemy. Okay? Prayer is the alternative when defeat is knocking at the door. Okay? Prayer is what assures, affirms, and asserts that we will win. There is power in prayer. Can I show you? Can I show you? Can I show you in this text what happens when you pray? Here's the first thing. Prayer brings God's presence into people's predicaments. I wish I had somebody. I said prayer will bring God's presence in the people's predicaments. There is this, there is this misnomer that I've always heard associated with this text. And that is, we've often heard people preach this text and say that when the church got to praying, it got Peter out of jail. That sound good. We shout about it. It ain't true. I know it's, it's not true. It's not true. The prayers of the church didn't get Peter out of jail. But can I tell you what it did do? It got an angel out of heaven. I wish I had somebody. It didn't get Peter out of jail, but it got an angel out. You missed your chance to shout right there. Just so you'll know the text says, when the church got to praying, an angel showed up inside of Peter's cell. Okay, you missed it. When the church got to praying, an angel showed up in Peter's cell. Okay, you still ain't got to let me help you. See, Peter couldn't get himself out. Peter couldn't bust out. He couldn't bail out. He couldn't find a way out. But God is so awesome that what he couldn't get out of, God stepped into. I wish I had some help in here. If there anybody who can think of some stuff you've been in that you could not get out of and the only reason you survived it is because God stepped over in the middle of it. Listen, I came to preach to some folk who know something about God showing up in the middle of your showdown and then showing out once he gets there. If there anybody ever had God just to show up, every now and then. That's why every now and then, without an organ, without a keyboard, without a tambourine, you ought to lift your hands, look up toward heaven, and just say, God, I thank you. I didn't know how I was going to make it. I didn't know how I was going to survive it. I didn't know how I was going to come through it. But when folk got to praying, God, you stepped in for me, stuck right by me, and stayed there with me. Can anybody tell God, thank you for showing up. Let me, 
Let me find my crowd. I ain't found them yet. Let me find my crowd. Find my crowd. I'm going to find you. I know you're here. Do you know how you survive some of the stuff you in? God stepped in. Okay, I ain't found them yet. Do you know why COVID didn't kill you? God stepped in. Do you know why that surgery was successful? God stepped in. Do you know why that lump wasn't cancerous? God stepped in. Do you know why they didn't foreclose? God stepped in. Do you know why they didn't repossess? God stepped in. Do you know why it didn't destroy you? God stepped in. Do you know why your baby ain't locked up? God stepped in. Is there anybody that can thank God for stepping in? something sometimes deliverance is leaving you in it but having you act like you ain't never been through it I wish I had somebody listen you see some folk some folk have no idea of what you've been through I'm talking about folk that come to cave with you every Sunday sit right next to you they have no clue as to what you've been through they asked, they said, why she always hollering like that? Why he always standing up? Why they got to shout every Sunday? Folk have no idea what you've been through. Do you know why? Because you don't act like what you've been through. You don't look like what you've been through. You don't talk like what you've been through. You don't smell like what you've been through. You don't live like what you've been through. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? Because God can keep you in it and keep it out of you at the same time. Is there anybody thankful that God kept you in it, but God kept it out of you? Look at somebody and tell them, I don't look like what I've been through. Tell them, I don't look like what I've been through. I don't look like what I've been through. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why I don't look like I've been through? Can I tell you why? Do you really want to know? Because I look so much like the one I've been with. I wish I had somebody. I don't look like what I've been through because I look like the one I've been with. Now, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine of your members passed me. Nine of them. Nine of them. They say, Memphis preacher. <laughs> Memphis preacher. Peter did get out of jail when the church prayed. And you're right. You're right. You're right. That's what happened eventually. But that's not what happened initially. Hmm. Initially, God stepped in it. Eventually, God got him out of it. You don't know when to shout. Let me try it again. Initially, God stepped in it. Eventually, God got him out of it. I'm going to say, can I help somebody shout over two words? Initially, God came to him in the middle of it. Eventually, God made a way for him to get out of it. 
You see, every now and then, those are the two words that you have to hold on to, initially and eventually. I wish I had somebody. Initially, I may have to deal with some pain, but eventually, God going to bring me out. Initially, weeping may endure for a night. Eventually, joy gonna come in the morning. Initially, the weapon may be formed against me, but eventually it will not prosper. I need somebody going through something right now just to throw your head back and shout, eventually. You didn't say it like you believe. Try it again. Somebody shout, eventually. Eventually, they that wait upon the Lord, eventually they shall renew their strength. Eventually, they gonna mount up with wings like eagles. Eventually, they gonna run and not get weary. Eventually, they gonna walk and not faint. Somebody shout, eventually. Eventually, it'll be all over in the morning. I wish I had somebody. So number one, number one, prayer will bring God's presence into your predicament. Number two, prayer has the power to bring a synchronized solution. I like that. Prayer has the power to bring a synchronized solution. The text says, when the church got to praying, God got to moving. Don't miss that. When the church got to praying, God got to moving. And so God answers the prayer while the church is still praying. Let me say it again. When the church got to praying, at the same time, God got to moving. Which means God answers the prayer. While the prayer is still being prayed, I'm going to shout by myself. You see, watch this. See, God didn't wait for the amen. He got the moving before the amen. While they were still articulating, God was already in action. I'm trying to help somebody. See, God wants to do it. God will do it while you're still praying. Not after you say in Jesus' name, but while you're still praying. Not after you get up off your knees, but while you're still praying. Not after you walk out your prayer closet, but while you're still praying. Not later on, not after a while, not by and by, but while you're still praying. But wait! That ain't the part that makes me shout. See, the shout is not that God did it at the same time. Now, you can shout over that. But that ain't the real shout. David's what's a better shout than shouting over the fact that God did it while we were praying at the same time. Okay? The text suggests that God answered at the same time while they were praying. But God did not answer in the same place where they were praying. Okay, don't miss this now. The text says while they were praying at Sister Mary Mark's house, which was the church house, God sends the angel to the prison. Okay, stay with me now. See, God doesn't send the angel to the house because the house is not where they had the need. But God sent the answer to the place of the problem. Church folk don't know when to shout. I came to make an announcement for everybody who's ready to shout right here. While you're in here, in the place of prayer, God's going to send the answer to the place of your problem. If there's anybody here that's got faith enough to believe that while you're praying up in here, God's going to show up over there. I said, while you're praying up in here, 
God's going to show up over there. That means he's already at the doctor's office. He's already at the interview. He's already at the bank. He's already stopped by your child's house. He's already at the school. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's already there. But now wait, 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 do me a favor. Do me a favor, do me a favor. I know we've not known one another a long time, but I feel like we've known long enough for a favor. I mean, I ain't gonna ask you for your money. I just need a favor. Can you do me a favor? On the count of three, I need you to shout out the address or the location where you need God to be. On the count of three, the address or the location. If you don't know the address, Listen, if you from me like in the country, just say, Lord, round the corner by the big tree near the red house. I mean, well, listen, just shout out the location if you don't know the address. Are you right? On the count of three now, wherever you need God to be, on the count of three, I want you to shout it out. Are you still with me? One, two, three. Shout it out. God told me to tell you, he already there. <laughs> God told me that he's already there. all night. I can't preach all night. Listen, I'm from the country. I'm from the country. Big mama told me, big mama told me, boy, don't let them lights pop on and you not in this house. Not in the yard, not on the porch, but in this house. Since I knew big mama was not playing, I learned as a little boy how to cut across the field. I wish I had somebody. Can I cut across the field and get on about it? Yeah, all right. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Prayer can release a rapid recovery. Ooh. I said prayer can release a rapid recovery. Mm. See, when the church gets to praying, there is a release before there is a recovery. Okay, I'm in the text. The first thing the angel has to do is to release Peter from the place. Watch the text. The text says that when the angel stepped into prison, he said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off. The angel gave one instruction. Quick, get up. And the chains fell off. Quick, get up. Chains fell off. Angel didn't say, how you feeling? How you doing? Have you eaten? Have you talked to your lawyer? How they treating you? None of that. He said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off. Quick. Let me know drag your feet. Get up. That means he was laying down. It says, and the chains fell off. Get up. That means it was only when he changed his posture that the chains fell off. The angel said, quick, get up. And when he got up, the chains fell off. Okay, let me work. See, posture is not just the physical. The reason some of us feel like we're still chained to some things still chained by some things, still chained with some things, is because we won't change our posture. Not just our physical posture, but our mental posture, our emotional posture, our relational posture. See, watch this. It does no good to walk away from it if you're going to keep thinking about it. 
if you're going to keep wondering about it, if you're going to keep looking for it, if you're going to keep longing, I can't get no help in here right now. But God says, if you will shift your posture, I'll make some change start to fall off. Here it is. Here it is. Don't miss this case. That means every now and then you got to make a move. The text says, watch this now. When he got up, the change fell off. When he got up, the change fell off. It says, when he got up, the change fell off. I tell you what, I dare somebody to shift your posture and see won't God change your position. I wish I had somebody. Now, God told me to tell everybody that stood up, your change just fell off. I wish I had somebody. Anybody that's got faith enough to stand up, God says your change will fall off. Everything you're dealing with, everything you're struggling with, everything you're facing, everything you're going through, it's got to fall off. And watch this, and watch this, and watch this. Here's the part that shouts me. It ain't just falling off you. It's falling off your family. It's falling off your children. It's falling off your mind. It's falling off your health. It's falling off your hands. Somebody holler, fall off! Watch the text. 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 Quick. Get up. Change fell off. Then the angel says to Peter, put your clothes on. Quick. Get up. Change fell off. Put your clothes back on. Quick. Get up. Chains fall off. Put your clothes on. You know why your people are not shouting? Because they've never been in trouble. They've never been in trouble. Because, see, if you've ever been locked up, or you've ever watched a television show, or a movie depicting somebody who was locked up, then you know the first thing they do after they get your mugshot and your fingerprint is they take everything that belongs to you. When they lock you up, the first thing they do is take your clothes. The one that captures you takes everything from you. The one that locks you up takes the stuff that belongs to you. The one that imprisons you takes everything that you brought with you. But when you stand up and change your posture and the chains begins to fall off, God says, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you back everything that the enemy stole from you. I just stopped by K Chapel to tell somebody tonight that the text has been tailored to teach everything the devil stole from us, everything the devil took from us. God's getting ready to give it back to us. Is there anybody in here that wants all of your stuff back? I tell somebody to holler, give me my stuff back. It's time for you to put your clothes back on, put your joy back on, put your peace back on, put your confidence back on, put your smile back on, put your love back on. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, put your clothes back on. You may have come in here naked, but you're leaving out clothes. Is there anybody in here that's thankful tonight? You're going to get your stuff back? Then say yes. Say yes. Say yes. I got to go. But I got a thing about clothes, Chase Kane. 
Kate, I got a thing about clothes. Anytime I get to preach about clothes, I like to preach about clothes. I got a thing for clothes. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? Are you sure you can handle it? Let me tell you why. I was raised by my great-grandmother because my mother was 14 when she got pregnant with me. She was 15 when she had me. So she was a baby with a baby. So when she brought me home, my big mama took me in. I wish I had somebody. But now big mama believed. She said, I'm going to help you, friend, with this boy, but that's your baby. So I'm going to expect you to do for him what you can. That meant every Monday. Somebody say every Monday. Every Monday, my mama would get in a Dodge Duster. She would leave Proctor, Arkansas, get on Highway 147 South, and take it to Highway 38 to a little town called Hughes, Arkansas. They had a rag store in Hughes, and on Mondays, they would sell fabric half price. Are y'all praying with me? She would go there on Mondays and rumble through the bins, and she would look to find enough to make me and my little brother matching outfits. Now, do understand, my mother was not Vera Wang. She was not Tom Ford. She was not Calvin Klein, but she was doing the best that she could. That meant some days one pants leg would be longer than the other. That meant some days the button didn't line up right. And we would be walking home from the bus stop, and the kids would tease me, Buckley, and they would say, they're friends, boys, uh, with them mammy-made clothes on. That's what they would say, Deacons. I would run in Big Mama's house, boo-hooing and crying. she said, say, boy, what's wrong with you? I said, Big Mama, they talked about me. she said, what did they say? I said, Big Mama, they said my clothes are mammy made. She said, dry your face, your mammy did make them. She said, but what did I tell you? I said, well, she said, what did I tell you? I said, Big Mama, you told me if I study hard, if I treat folk right, if I stay with the Lord, it won't always be this way. She said, then act like you believe it. Two or three weeks later, I come in and I'm crying again. What's wrong with you, boy? I said, Big Mama, they talked about me. She said, what did they say? I said, Big Mama, they say my clothes were mammy made. She said, dry your face, your mammy did make them. But what did I tell you? I said, she said, what did I tell you? I said, big mama, you told me if I study hard, if I treat folk right, if I stay with the Lord, it won't always be this way. She said, then dry your face and act like you believe it. Kay, do you know why I holler like I holler? Do you know why I shout like I shout? Do you know why I run like I run? Do you know why I love God like I do? Because he is the God that took me from mammy made to tailor made. Is there anybody in here that can say God? There's a shout right there. 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 And, 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 and K Chapel, we know when to shout. There's a shout right there. Hallelujah. 
I wish you would give it to him. Hallelujah. Does anybody know? I wish you would give it to him. I wish you would give it to him. You got 30 more seconds. I wish you would give it to him. When I think of the goodness, when I think of the goodness, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul, my, 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 my soul, My God, my God, everything the enemy stole, he's giving it back to us. He's giving it back to us, giving you your peace back, giving you your joy back, giving you your love back, giving you your happiness back. He, he's giving it back, giving it back, giving it back, giving it back. Giving it back. Hallelujah. My God, my God. I am on the battlefield. 
for my Lord. I am on the battlefield for my Lord, for my Lord. And I promise him that I, I will serve him till I die. I am on the battlefield for my Lord. Y'all help me sing it. Oh, I am on the battlefield for my Lord, for my Lord, and I, I will serve him till I die. I am on. I was alone. Y'all know it, and I was a sinner too. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, There is work to do. What did you do, y'all? That's it, and I joined. Oh, I. The door of the church is open. Oh, I. Stay right there. Stay right there. I promised him that I, yeah, I did it. And I promised him. It was a long time ago that I. I'm so glad. I promised him. One Thursday night, y'all, I. I would serve him. The doors of the church are open. Listen, if you're here tonight, maybe somebody heard the gospel for the first time. This, this gospel that we preach, that makes us shout and makes us sing and makes us dance, it's a real gospel. It's a life-changing gospel. It's a soul-saving gospel. And all, all it is is this, that Jesus Christ... The Son of God died on a cross for your sin. But not only did he die, but he rose the third day morning with all power in his hand. And if you have yet to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, on this awesome August Tuesday night, Jesus can be yours. Why? Because I need Jesus. You need Jesus. We all need Jesus. If you're here then tonight, come on and make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. The doors of the church are open to you. You can come now. Oh, I am on the battlefield for my Lord. Oh, I am on the battlefield for my Lord, for my Lord. And I promised I would serve him. 
Listen, we, we, we're going to get out of here, but the preacher said something tonight that I believe the church needs to take him up on. The church's power doesn't come from marketing. The church's power does not come from social media all of the things that we look to to think that if we do this, we'll attract a great crowd. But the power of the church is still in prayer. We're going to end tonight, y'all, as a praying church. Come on and meet me at the altar. Come on and meet me at the altar. There's still power in prayer. You called out some places during this preacher's sermon where you needed God to show up. I called out some places. I asked God to show up in Oxford because my daughter's going to college tomorrow. I asked him to show up in Hattiesburg because my, my son's going to be there Friday. I don't know where you asked God to show up. But the God who's going to be in Oxford and in Hattiesburg, I believe he's going to be where you need him to be. Thank you for the privilege of prayer. And thank you, O oh God, that you will receive this invitation <laughs> to come down from heaven and be among us and be with us. God, we thank you tonight that you allow us to even talk to you. You're so holy and we're trying to be that. You're so righteous. We're trying to be that. But even in spite of all that we are not God, you still, you still hear from us. You hear our cry and you answer our call. And God, right now, the church is crying and calling. We're crying out to you, Lord, to have mercy. Have mercy on our communities. Have mercy on this city. You know the struggles that we face. You know the issues before us. 
God, but not just the issues of government. You know the issues of our neighborhoods, the issue of our families, the issue of us individually and collectively. So God, we need you right now. Not just Jackson, but it's me, oh Lord. Not just Mississippi, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. God, I need you. I need you in my house. I need you in my home. I need you in my life. I need you in my plans. I need you in my finances. I, I need you. I need you. I need you, oh God. We need you. And we thank you, Lord, that you're never too far. God, some grandchild is lost right now, needs to come back home. Touch now in Jesus' name. Some grandparent is at wit's end trying to do all that they can. God, strengthen in the name of Jesus. Bless it now. Some child is going back to school and worried about what their peers are going to say about them. Lord, by your mercy, by your grace, give them standing power. Oh God, build a fence around them right now. Oh God, chase away anxiety right now. Chase away depression right now. Chase away everything that the enemy would throw against them, oh God. Oh Lord, in Jesus' name. Be a fence around them every day. Protect them every day. Lord, we declare now that the enemy will take their hands off of them in Jesus' name. That every plan and every purpose that you have ordained for their lives will be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. We bind the enemy. Drugs have no power. We bind the enemy. We bind the enemy, God, by the blood of Jesus. We're praying now because we heard tonight that a praying church is a powerful church. So we're praying, God, believing that you'll hear and answer these prayers. Every child going back to school, bless them. Every parent sending them off to school, bless them. Lord, as they go home, let them come back the way they went. In Jesus' name, thwart every deceptive trick of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, that even if the weapon is formed, that it will not prosper. Hallelujah. We thank you now. Marriages are being restored. Families are being restored. Health is being restored in Jesus' name. We love you and we thank you. And before we even say amen, we believe it's being done right now. Simultaneously, right now. Synchronized with our prayers, right now. In the name of, thank you, Lord. Bless you, God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.
and amen. Come on and give God a great big praise. Come on and give God a great big praise. Hallelujah. 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 My God, my God, my God, my God. We're going to get ready and go from this place. My God, my God. My God, my God. My God, my God. Pray for me. Well, well, well. Can we bless God for the man of God tonight? Come on, y'all. Can we bless God for this word? Amen. Christopher Davis, you are guilty of preaching the word of God tonight. We thank you. But we're going to send you on back to Memphis real quick. <laughs> Amen. We bless God for a mighty, mighty word. Amen. Were you blessed on tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We want to remind you next Tuesday, next Tuesday it continues. Awesome August continues on next Tuesday. My good friend Dr. Claiborne Lee out of Fairfield, California, the Mount Calvary Baptist Church will be with us. He's a preacher extraordinaire, amen. You want to be here, invite your neighbor, invite your friend because we're going to continue to be in the word of God. We thank you to, again tonight, Pastor Davis. Come on and give us a closing remarks and, and the benediction for tonight. Cade, we thank God for your presence, your praise, and your prayers. Is God worthy of one more hand clap of praise on tonight? Listen, I'm going to tell you something about me, Cade. If you make me mad, I'll cuss. From time to time, if I'm celebrating, I've been known to have a glass of bourbon. I didn't miss it, preacher. I, uh, I've even been known to enjoy a cigar from time to time. But let me tell you what I don't do. I don't lie. I don't lie. I think that I, there were two things that excited me about getting grown. I didn't have to get any more whoopings and I didn't have to lie. Just say what I meant and meant what I said. And the reason I'm telling you that, that I don't lie is because I'm telling you, you owe it to yourself to be back here next week. Claiborne Lee is some kind of preacher, y'all. I'm telling you now, if you've never heard Claiborne Lee, you don't want to die and go to heaven and not hear Claiborne Lee preach. I'm telling you what the Lord loves. I'm telling you what the Lord loves. Listen, if he does well, you say two things. Davis told us that. And he stole David's sermon. <laughs> and you can tell him I said it. You can tell him I said it. You can tell him I said it. Listen, let's pray together. Let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, we thank you again. 
God, we thank you for pastor and for people. God, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit in King Chapel. And God, even though the preaching has ended, we know that the revival will continue to go forth. So for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, our hearts have felt, we give you praise. Now, great God, as we make ready to leave this place, but never your sight. Go with us and stand by us. Bless us and keep us, oh God, is our prayer. We ask it all in the only name that matters, that strong name, that sovereign name, that saving name of your son and our soon coming king, Jesus the Christ. And all of God's people said together, thank God, thank God, and amen. Depart in God's peace.